This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. This is The New Way We Work from Fast Company Magazine, where we take listeners on a journey through the changing landscape of our work lives and explain exactly what we need to build the future we want. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor, Kate Davis. So before we get into today's episode, I wanted to take a moment to thank all of our listeners for their continued support of this podcast. Whether you've been listening for just an episode or a month or from the very beginning, way back in 2018, I really appreciate it. And to show it, I'd like to start recognizing our listeners. If you tweet out a link to your favorite episode with the hashtag new way we work, we'll give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. Now on to the show. So a couple of weeks ago, we heard from someone who ended up loving remote work despite their initial reservations. Today, we're going to look at the opposite end of that and talk to somebody who gained more appreciation for the office. And that person just happens to be Fast Company's own Lydia Dishman. Lydia, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. So as uh, listeners will probably know, Lydia is a staff editor at Fast Company, a regular contributor to this podcast and a prolific writer and editor. Uh, She's been at Fast Company for a really long time. Uh, Lydia and I are actually in opposite experiences uh, with in-office versus remote work right now. So as many managers and employees and companies try to debate kind of the pros and cons of both, I thought it would be really good to look at it from both of our perspectives as we're in the opposite ends of the experience right now. First, to kind of set the scene, Lydia, how long were you fully remote and like from when to when and how did you make the transition back to being in Fast Company's offices? Well, it's kind of a moving target, but um, my family and I moved to South Carolina a number of years ago because of my husband's job and because I was able to work from anywhere, even in the days before covid it was just easier for us to relocate rather than staying in New York. So uh, I started writing for Fast Company in 2009 and was fully remote all the way through 2018 when we moved back to New York. And you were able to do that at the time. Now, in like 2009, obviously remote work happened, but it wasn't at all the norm. But you were able to do that because you were a freelancer primarily, right? Yes. And actually, the interesting thing about that was it kind of coincided with the massive economic downturn that we had at that time. So a lot of news organizations were letting go of their staff and desperately needed freelancers. So that was kind of my big break. I didn't need to be in New York to have it. And I started working for a number of properties that were in New York. And we just kind of went from there. You were working for places that were in New York, but you were in South Carolina. Did you already have those relationships? I think like one of the things that when people talk about remote work, that's difficult for people to wrap their heads around both like employers and employees is getting your foot in the door. If the place that you're working is not where you live, do you think like it helped that you were in New York and like, did you make the connections before you moved? Funny enough, I did not. And what I think really turned the key for me was in the early days of Twitter, go figure, uh, I 
and another freelance writer started what we called Editor Chat. And we were a bunch of freelance journalists who would invite editors from national magazines and newspapers to come and guest on our Twitter chat that we hosted once a week. And one of those people happened to be a Fast Company editor. And it just kind of established from there. And so in a certain way, we were building relationships with people virtually, kind of the way we take for granted now. But once I had this experience on the Twitter chat, it was very easy to reach out and pitch because it wasn't like I was coming in cold. That's such a great example because that's like what we're you know, preaching, right? Like telling people how to network when you're re- when you work remotely. And I will say I've, you know, as an editor, both at Fast Company and, and other publications, I've worked with lots of freelancers and the majority of them have not been in New York. And the majority of them, I've never met face-to-face or met face-to-face after working together for, you know, years and years and years. And you were one <laughs> of them. Like, I, I, I don't remember the first time you and I met face-to-face, but we certainly worked together for quite sometime before that. and mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was about a year before I came in for the first time. Oh, really? So you came in, like you came to visit New York with some frequency because you have family in New York. Did you also kind of feel like you needed to do that to like maintain relationships? Absolutely. And one of the things that I would do when I was setting my agenda wasn't necessarily to plan with family and friends. It was more like, okay, which editors are going to sit down with me and have a cup of coffee and, you know, meet me face to face because I I knew that every time you send an email, it's just sort of a faceless little correspondence. And once you had that experience sitting down with somebody, even if it was only 15 minutes, that it would go a long way towards building the kind of goodwill that would make somebody amenable to even read a pitch of yours as a journalist. Yeah, you're not like a faceless person. You remember, you know, you do like build that relationship with the people. I remember from the years and years. So I started at Fast Company in 2013. So if you didn't come back to New York until 2018, we had at least five years of working together, not in the same place. I remember that you didn't really like being remote. I think the majority of that five years, or at least maybe the latter half of it, I felt a lot from you, like you were kind of itching to get back in the office. Is that true? (laughs) Did you miss, do you like prefer the office to remote work? I preferred it for a number of reasons, not the least of which is I came up in corporate America. I worked at big companies. I worked at NBC, for example. And, you know, there was always that hum of activity and you could always be sure that you were going to eavesdrop on an interesting conversation and that might turn into something. So I really missed that when I was working alone. The good thing about working remotely when you're a writer is that you do have the luxury of focus time. People aren't having those conversations around you. So if you are needing to meet a deadline, then certainly you can have all the quiet you need, especially in my situation. I had a dedicated office in my house, so I didn't need to be anywhere else in order to get that peace and quiet. And it was very productive for me. But I did really miss that inner office interaction and the vibe and the hustle and all of that. So I I was itching to come back. And then the other reason I was itching to come back is that even though we had 
the technology tools in place to communicate and be present, for example, at meetings. When I became more of a permalancer with Fast Company, I started getting invited to meetings. And everybody knows the hierarchy of the conference room. There's the people who sit around the table. There's the people who sit on the floor on the windowsills. And then there are the people who are remote. And because we weren't using Zoom, for example, there weren't these nifty little tiles where everyone's face could be seen. We were just sort of in the background somewhere and there was only one microphone in the middle of the table. And it was hard to hear if somebody was talking who wasn't right in front of that microphone. So the people who were remote, it was a little frustrating for us because we couldn't quite catch what was going on. And, you know, if there was generalized laughter, we weren't in on the joke and Mm -hmm. so forth. So I really started to kind of feel like, well, what is it exactly that I'm missing? And how would it be helped if I was coming back? So I feel you a hundred percent. I mean, obviously we (laughs) work at the same place and I, I was in the office and I thought about it sometimes for the remote people and the experience, but you kind of, you know, out of sight, out of mind a little bit like, oh, I'm sure they can hear and maybe they're just not contributing because they don't have anything to say. And probably people weren't contributing because they couldn't hear what was being said or it was hard to hear them. And, you know, my situation is I graduated from college and and moved to London and then I moved to New York afterwards because I wanted to be a journalist. And where do you live if you want to be a journalist? Like, obviously, the mindset was you need to be in the place where the, the companies are, right? So I kind of had a semi-traditional career path. I say semi-traditional because if you work in media, you've experienced like layoffs and and those sorts of things. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) For all intents and purposes, like climbed the ladder and worked in offices. After several years at Fast Company, I started to design my schedule a little bit more, right? And I started kind of doing hybrid after I had my first child, like so probably around like 2018 or so. But I would specifically design my schedule to be in the office on the days that I had the most meetings for exactly the reason that you say, because it was such a difficult situation to be remote when we had meetings. And I found the hybrid situation to be the best to set up for productivity, had my at-home days be the the days that I had to be kind of heads down, focused writing and editing and have my in-office days be the meeting heavy days. When people now are talking about hybrid work, that's probably the best setup that they're thinking of. However, now that we've been remote for so long, those hybrid meetings have to get better, right? Like that's the big technology hurdle that everybody has to have. And like right now, for instance, you know, Fast Company's offices are a little bit open, like a handful of people go in semi-regularly, but most of us are still remote. So even, you know, the days that you're in go back into the office, you know, you're still probably on a Zoom screen, even with, I know you've been on a Zoom screen with people who are in the same offices. I have. (laughs) Yeah. You know, now I I think I've, I've mentioned it on the show several times. Now I'm fully remote. So I kind of, I'm really in the boat that a lot of Americans find themselves in right now. And a lot of people all, all over the world, the pandemic forced my family's hand in how we could live. You know, my husband lost his job uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, and we were living in a very small apartment with two small children. And I joke, like, the only thing that got us out of New York was a global pandemic because it was like you felt like you had to sacrifice to live in New York City in order to be a journalist, in order to work in media. 
And now it was like, well, no, you don't. You can work remotely. And so why, why are you living in this unaffordable place in this, you know, small apartment? When we have this conversation with, you know, people we work with, people are like, oh, Kate, you love remote work. Like you chose to do remote work. And I think a lot of people find themselves kind of like you did. Like, I don't think you chose to do remote work. Your circumstances kind of forced it on you and my circumstances kind of forced it on me. I think for me and probably for a lot of people, like the ideal setup is that hybrid setup. But when we were thinking of this episode of like why I love The Office, all of us were like, well, Lydia, she loves The Office. <laughs> yeah, in all caps. With yeah, exclamation yeah exactly. And I think why was one, how much you were itching to get back to The Office when you were remote and that you miss those things that I think a lot of us don't really like, like the the distractions and the buzziness and the overheard conversations and stuff. A lot of us like put headphones on and try to drown that out when we're in the office. But I'm also curious. So like right now, as I mentioned, Fast Company is still mostly remote. Our offices are kind of open. Some people are in. But you're one of those people who's like in the office at least a couple days a week. Yes, I am. (laughs) Why? Hardly anyone's there, right? Like what makes you love the office even in this world where most people are still remote? I mean, there's a number of reasons and not to oversimplify it too much, But I have to qualify that when I'm talking about the buzz and the vibe, it really can't be just any buzz and vibe. So for example, I can't go to a coffee shop and work. That has never worked for me. And I've had people tell me over the years, oh, you know, you just need to change the scenery if I'd get stuck writing something. Like just go to Starbucks and you can sit there and and do stuff. And I'll tell you that the only time I was ever able to be productive in a coffee shop environment was when I was working for the state paper in South Carolina and I was on a deadline and I had maybe an hour to file a story while my daughters were in ballet. So like you had to, you had the restraints where... Exactly, exactly. And there was no place to sit in the studio because there was only these little benches outside the studio doors. So I couldn't hold the laptop and do it and I couldn't do it in my car. So that was coffee shop time for me, but that was really not a best practice. So, but when I'm in the office, surrounded by people I know and hearing conversations that I kind of want to be privy to instead of, you know, whatever somebody's lamenting at the table next to me, that kind of gets the creative juices flowing. The other piece of it, especially in the, you know, since the pandemic, I live in a very small apartment now. You talk about trade-offs. My kids are grown, so it's just my husband and I. And we downsized pretty significantly. And it was one of the greatest things we'd ever done. Very liberating. We con-married the crap out of our house. (laughs) Um, You were very unsentimental about it, too. I remember... Completely. Just... (laughs) We were just in different phases of our lives because I was either pregnant or about to be or had, you know, have small children and and are very, you know, sentimental and obviously in the accumulating stuff phase of my life. And you were like, I'm getting rid of it all. And I'm like, but what about all of your <laughs> mementos? You're like, no, I'm getting rid of them all. But yeah, I mean, I think what you're you're hinting at about like the space you live, that makes a lot of sense. Like our living situation was untenable for a lot of reasons a big one of which was I had no place to work. Like I was the sole breadwinner for my family working full time and like wedged in between 
a mini crib because that was all the space we could have for my daughter and my son who was still sleeping in a crib, even though he was too big for it. And then there was my desk and then there was my husband's dresser. Like it was just like, that's not an ideal work environment. And now here I am in a house and I have a dedicated office space. So I'm like, oh yes, this is much night. Like this is, you know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of things I do like about remote work as far as, you know, the quiet, the the focus, but really also just like the life flexibility. I, you know, and I, th- I sure. think that that depends too on your phase of life. Like how long is your commute and do you like your commute? Well, I was going to say that's a big factor in it. Um, phase of life, notwithstanding, I think that I would have needed flexibility to work around my daughter's schedule. And I did for a lot of years. And so now that my time is my own, I have to say, though, that I always treasured the commute when I lived in New York years ago. Uh, That was my decompression time. And it was my time to read. I'm an avid reader. I can bang through a couple of books a week sometimes. And that subway time is precious. Now, I do live pretty far out. It takes me between an hour and an hour and a half to get in all the way downtown, um, which I generally don't mind because once you're in the mindset, you're good with it. But it's a lot to do every single day, and it's a lot to do when you are required to be at a place, in a chair, in a certain time frame. So if I had to be here eight to five every single day, no exceptions, I think that might get a little onerous. But before the pandemic, I was doing Mondays and Fridays at home, and I came in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which was great for me because I could schedule any outside meetings I had. There were often networking events after work that was just easier for me to be in town for. And then Mondays and Fridays, I could do my focus work. We're kind of saying the same thing in different ways, but it does feel, and I think a lot of people are kind of coming to this conclusion, if your circumstances allow you to still live in the metropolitan area of where your office is, you're an I love the office person, but you're saying there are still days you'd like to be working from home. There are, you know, you'd still like that flexibility in your schedule. And that's like 100%. Like why I asked about commute is I think that was a another big factor of why I like remote work more now is I don't have that commute anymore, which I do. I hear you on the like, it was alone time where I read. Like it is much harder to read books now because I don't have a built-in like hour on each end of my day that I'm reading. But it's also because I have small kids, you know, and other people, you know, have other circumstances in their lives that they need the flexibility around. But like my oldest uh, just started kindergarten this year. So this is my first experience with the school schedule. Before that, I was on the daycare schedule and the daycare schedule is a little bit more attuned to working parents. School schedules are very much not attuned to working parents. We've talked about that a lot of like- I wrote about that. (laughs) Yeah, you wrote an article about it, I remember, of like why- the school schedule and the school calendar is at like direct opposition to the work schedule and the work calendar of a traditional nine to five like office job. Obviously, many, 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 many people work different schedules. But yeah, I've thought about it a lot this year of like, you know, his school gets out at 345 and I'm actually really lucky to live like 100 yards from his school. Oh, uh, that is really lucky. Yeah. So I take a 15 minute break around that time every day to walk and pick him up. And then he comes home and, you know, does something for the next hour or so until my workday is done. But if I had to be in the office, obviously I wouldn't be able to do that. And I would have to have finagled his after school care and blah, 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 blah. And then I would be commuting home and I wouldn't get home until 
six or seven. And, and then in the mornings, I would have to get up an extra hour plus earlier. So I think the flexibility for me has just like made that part of my life easier, you know, made the like the life part of work life easier. Yeah. Well, I, I think that that's been the silver lining of this whole pandemic is that people did actually see what wasn't working about work and how we needed to make these allowances for people because you know that for years I didn't even tell anyone that I had children because the prevailing wisdom was, well, if you have kids, you must be running around after them all the time and you're not getting your work done. And for me, I... In those years, I was I had to be productive in certain windows of time in order for me to show up for pickup lines and whatever. And now everyone's coming to this realization like, well, you know, maybe we aren't our most productive between 8 and 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Monday through Fridays. Maybe we can work flexible hours. Maybe our best work can actually get done after 6 p.m. or five o'clock in the morning because I'm an early bird and I tend to move that way myself. It really has been sort of an enlightening time, I think, and in pushing this more human agenda on work. Yeah, I think, you know, so there's two things that I think of when you say that. One is this phrase that I'm, another editor at Fast Company said it, but I think she got it from somewhere else. But the, the idea of parenting loudly like that for yes yeah that was one of our contributors yep yep for like such a long time working parents and especially mothers and you you again like you wrote about this for or I think your daughter wrote about this for us about how (laughs) how you hid the fact that you had children uh because it you were afraid you'd be seen as less serious and and not given Mm -hmm. as many opportunities and for a long time I think a lot of us did that of like I have to go for a doctor's appointment for my kid, but I'm going to like say it's something else. Or it's like you even felt like you could pretend it was your own doctor's appointment more than a kid's doctor's appointment, you know, like. Or or anything but. And, anything, yeah, yeah. And, and the remote work experience actually allowed me to hide it really mm-hmm. well. I mean, yeah. if I wasn't around, I was still available on my phone. So if I had an editor ping me, they didn't know I was in carpool line. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's still a certain extent of that going on. And even like it's an, also an old habit to break. And I don't always announce like the reason why I'm missing for an hour is child related. You know, I'm just because I also feel like, well, I'm missing for an hour and you know that I'm going to get my work done. And I, you, you know, I have enough autonomy that I, you know, and, and luckily I'm at the point in my career where I can do that, too, I think. If you're starting out, you probably don't feel like you can just disappear for an hour and they'll trust that you get your work done. But I do think that that's changing a bit. The other takeaway is like, as you mentioned, with flexible schedules, it's not just like who has children and who has those responsibilities. It's also just like, when do you work best? And, you know, we did an episode of this podcast way back, I feel like in the first season where we talked about like your body's internal clock and like working with when you work best and like how you can overcome it because the workday is this. And if you're a night owl and you peak at 9 p.m., but you have to be at work from nine to five, like here's how you can, you know, work around it. And I don't think we're there yet where it's like, you know, work, work whenever works best for you. But I have heard of a lot of companies doing this more. And I think this makes sense of like kind of the same thing with remote schooling last year of like the synchronous and asynchronous times of like, there's, you know, these set hours, these four hours every day that we expect everybody to be on. But other than that, the other four hours that you work are whenever works for you, you know? 
it just like makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of these things that we're discovering now in this, you know, <laughs> new way that we work is that, you know, work can get done in the best ways and you get the best work out of people and you get loyalty and better employees than, you know, trying to recreate a version of 2019. And, you know, if if nothing else, hopefully we've figured out how to make those meetings where some people are there and some people are remote be less awful for the people who are remote. It's a process, but I think we're getting there, certainly. You know, the tyranny of the hierarchy is time has passed. So we're moving in the right direction. Well, Lydia, thank you so much for coming back on the show again. I'm sure we're going to hear from you later this season, no doubt. And hopefully um, at some point I will see you in person in the office again. I hope so, too. Live from New York, as as it were. <laughs> <laughs> Live from, from New York and Ann Arbor. Uh, same time zone, different locations. <laughs> Thank you so much. This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. And that's all for this episode. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe to The New Way We Work wherever you listen. If you like this episode, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And we want to hear from you. Do you miss working in an office? Do you want to stay remote? Email us at podcasts at fastcompany.com or tweet us with the hashtag New Way We Work. The New Way We Work was produced by Joshua Christensen with editing from Nicholas Torres. 